are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a good Tuesday show for you. We're going to talk more about the Clayton story from over the weekend. I got some things that I never got to yesterday that I want to uh, address today. We're also going to talk a little bit more Taylor Swift. Not too much. Not too much. Um, We are going to discuss special forces last night. Quitters all across the board. And I'm not saying that in terms of, oh, I'm better. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, stating a fact. We had three quits last night. And we're going to talk about the challenge, which I started to talk about in yesterday's podcast and completely blanked and forgot. I actually called Big Brother the challenge. I said, and on the challenge, and then I went right into nominations on Big Brother. So, oops, sorry about that. We'll get to all that momentarily. So I want to start off talking about Clayton and a little bit uh, more, some things that I never addressed yesterday in regards to what he posted on his Instagram story on Friday, where he talked about the fact that he got his paternity test back and the results were that there was little to no fetal DNA present, meaning it's not present in the woman who is saying that he is the father and I am pregnant with twins. And I told you what I thought about this whole situation yesterday. My opinion is that she is not pregnant. My opinion is she was never pregnant. My opinion is this was all a fraud to begin with. And over the last couple weeks, there have been public documents, documents that anybody could access that are part of public record, which show This woman had cases in her past of essentially the same exact thing. She even said to me in an email that she has had abortions by two different men who have who she had protective orders against. And now a third time it has happened. If you look at any of the public cases, my opinion is is that this is way too coincidental. This just, unless this woman has seriously the worst luck known to humankind, my opinion is I do not believe her. I do not believe anything that she says. Period. End of story. I don't believe her. There have been too many things that have been said in the past that are on public record that immediately throw anything that she says about her case with Clayton, it immediately attacks her credibility. So here's my issue. couple things here. Number one, what really bothers me in all this is because she is doing this, and I believe that none of this was ever true to begin with. What it does is this woman really makes people believe and people become less or more hesitant to believe women who are actually telling the truth when they come forward about men. And maybe in a situation like this, maybe in a domestic violence case, because you can't just automatically believe everybody that comes forward. I believe most women. I just don't believe her. That is my opinion. I don't believe her. I never have from the beginning. Something with me from the second that Sun article came out and I read it, 
I said, there is something off about this whole story. Because in that first story, this is a woman who went to the press with this story and then was claiming all this stuff about Clayton. It's like, why is this story even public? Why is this national news? Why I know that I know her whole point was I wanted Clayton to own up to the fact that I'm in the state of Arizona and Arizona you have to have a parental plan and okay, why didn't you do all that behind closed doors? It could have been done behind closed doors. You didn't have to do this. I understand that you could do it and you're allowed to do it. My point is you didn't have to. So the second that she went to the press with this story and that story first came out and she's throwing all these anecdotes in this article that posted by the sun talking about how Clayton once told her about a dream about a woman that he had his future wife and it wasn't her. And what does that have to do with anything? So that's what really bothers me about this. And I bit my lip for a week until or more than a week. I said I was not going to talk about this until the paternity test came back on both sides. So now I am. And my biggest thing out of all this is it really bothers me because it's going to make people more hesitant to believe in the future about women who actually come forward and are telling the truth. Because they can be like, well, what about that one girl? That's disturbing and that's where my opinion she tarnished Clayton's image my opinion and I think that he has every right to go after her now something else that I want to address in all this is a lot of you after Clayton posted his Instagram story on Friday night we're saying, oh my gosh, he needs to be more mature about this. How gross that he's parading around, thanking everybody and, and being so happy that he... I'm sorry. I'm 100% on Clayton's side on this. I don't see your side on this at all. Because this is a man that it's not like he was in a relationship with this woman. They hooked up one night, May 20th. It's all in her emails and all in her stories that have since been deleted from the internet probably because they might not have been vetted very well. But May 20th is when this hookup happened. If you've noticed in anything this woman has ever written, in whether it's in emails, whether it's been posts on the internet, whether it's been in the Sun story, at no point did this woman ever say, I had sex with Clayton. I just want you to know that. Keep that in mind. But... I don't agree with the people who came after Clayton on Friday night because he was so happy he got a negative paternity test. This is a man who, from the very first time the story came out, immediately told. The only quote he gave was, I've told the courts this, and I'll tell you this. This is a baseless accusation. I never had sexual intercourse with that woman. Therefore, I am not the father. So... A woman who then continuously was contacting tabloids, was contacting myself, was contacting Dave Neal, constantly, constantly wanting to tell everybody, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, twins, 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 they're Clayton's, they're Clayton's, they're Clayton's. 
And here we are, a woman who's supposed to be four and a half months pregnant, and there's little to no fetal DNA present in her body. And yes, we went over it yesterday. Immediately after Clayton took to the Instagram story Friday night, she immediately came out and said, Clayton's lying. She sent me an email, sent basically the same email to Dave. She claimed she contacted the New York Post. Like, this woman has nonstop all been, all she's been doing is contacting and posting on social media her side of things. It's like, hey, if you're pregnant, just show us. Just show us you're pregnant. She showed pregnancy sticks. You know what that means? A whole lot of nothing, in my opinion. Anybody can produce a pregnancy stick. If you're pregnant with twins like you've claimed to be, show us. Show, you know, you, she loves posting conversations that she's had with labs. She records conversations with the lab and posts them in emails. She loves posting pictures that she did when she had her medium uh, when she posted on Medium, the whole story had all these screenshots, had all these emails. How come she can't show us a, a sonogram that shows that she's pregnant with twins? Black out all the information. That's fine. Just show us a sonogram. Problem is, even if she did, I'm sorry, but her past history makes her less credible. It just does. You can't sit here and say, we have to believe everything you say 100% just because you said it. And that's what she's been trying to drill into people's heads. We're just supposed to believe her because she says so. Well, you know how what you would make people believe you automatically is if you actually showed us you were pregnant. Showing a pregnancy stick does not mean you're pregnant. Show us your belly. You're four and a half months. Is it going to be huge? No. But at least show us. At least show something other than a pregnancy stick. And unfortunately, she hasn't in four and a half months. So that's why I've always been doubtful. Now, here is my issue. And here's something I want to bring up. This is a woman who has battled depression and suicidal thoughts in the past. This is why this is very dangerous. And this is very dangerous territory. And it's why I believe she needs help. Yes, I'm going to criticize her for this whole story. But on the flip side, I think she needs to get help and I think she needs to get off social media and stop talking about this. The gig is up. You have little to no fetal DNA present in your body. I know you have submitting a sample tomorrow again to the lab for God knows what reason. You know what that sample is going to say? The same exact thing the first sample did. And then if you send them 1,000 other samples, it's going to say the same thing. You are not pregnant. That is my opinion. That is a lot of people's opinion. I don't know why she won't give this gig up. Get the help that you need. Because you're really doing a disservice to women who actually tell the truth in crazy stories like this. Get the help that you need. I beg of you. You should not be hosting any sort of podcast about mental health. You should not be giving any TED Talks about mental health. I think you need to control your own. And you need to do it sooner rather than later. I think it'll be beneficial to you. And I, I guarantee you'll find out more about yourself if you do get the help that you need on this. 
because your behavior during all of this and firing off emails to every single outlet that you can and constantly telling people this is wrong and he's lying and this and then this because of this and here's this screenshot for this and here's an email that he said this. I side with Clayton. I've sided with Clayton ever since I spoke to him, ever since he said I've never had sexual intercourse with that woman. I believe Clayton. I do not believe this woman. That is my opinion. I also think this woman needs to get some help. I really do think that Clayton had every right to be excited on Friday night. So, and I responded to a couple people who called him out and said, ooh, this is gross. I can't believe he could be more mature about it. No, 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 no. This woman went to the press and tarnished his image. And immediately, how many people believe this right away about Clayton? Way more than those that didn't. Everyone had to judge right away and jump down his throat and say, I can't believe he did this. And I can't believe he's acting this way. I can't believe he said some of those things to her in text messages and whatnot. You know what? I don't blame him. I'm sorry. When you know from the very get-go this is a fake story and you believe in your heart that this was fake because you never had sex with her, you never had sexual intercourse with her, what are you supposed to do? Yet she kept coming and coming and coming after him and then went to the press with it because all he wanted to do was be left alone. I'm sorry. He's allowed to celebrate. And I think he should countersue, my opinion. I absolutely think he should countersue, especially if he lost work because of this. Just keep that in mind. One little thing to talk about in regards to Taylor Swift today, and that actually has to do with the reality TV show. Did you notice over the weekend or ever since last week's Survivor episode ended when they've been running promos for this week's episode, tomorrow's episode of Survivor, it's been set to Taylor Swift's Mastermind? I've never even noticed. When, when you've played Survivor commercials and previewing the show, leading up to Wednesday's episodes in the past. I've just always thought it's, you know, you don't really pay attention maybe to the music. I think it's just been generic music or maybe even music just set for Survivor. But now (laughs) Taylor Swift's Mastermind is the song that's playing as they are previewing tomorrow's episode of Survivor. Just random. It might just be once again, kind of talking about that story I brought up yesterday, That broke at the end of last week that the NFL is asking some of their networks to help out with Taylor Swift stuff because they clearly want her to perform at a halftime show in the future. And we don't know (laughs) if and when that's going to be, but it's kind of surprising it hasn't happened up to this point, but I think it will uh, for sure. Special Forces aired last night, and as I mentioned in the open, we had some quitters and I'm not quit. I'm not jumping down their throat for quitting because I've said in the two seasons that I've covered this show, I would never go on it in a million years. I have no interest in going on this show. I don't want to go be part of military training in the either 110 degree heat or 40 degree weather. No, thank you. I'd rather stay at home. I'll go to the gym. I don't need to go and train to be in special forces, but it was curious the way these quits came down last night because 
the episode starts and all the recruits just run out to their station and the coaches, whatever they're called, instructors, say, does anybody have anything they want to say? And Brian Austin Green says, yeah, I'm done. It's like, okay. In real time, they had only been there two days. They had competed in four tasks, and he said, I'm done. Then right after him, Robert Ory, I'm done. And look, I again, I don't want to come across like I'm better than them because I'm certainly not. I've said a thousand times, I would never do this. I'm not going to be good at it if I did. But if the whole point of going on this show and every single one of these people was aware of what this show was about, and I know it's different being in it and actually doing these tasks than actually watching it on TV, but you get a good idea. I'm sitting at home right now watching it on TV saying, this is damn near impossible for some of these tasks. So they all knew. And Robert Ory was talking about how, like, my whole thing is, it seems to be that they're quitting. And I'm like, then why did you do the show in the first place? And you're going to say, well, Steve, they're quitting because they just can't handle it. They thought they could and they can't. And a part of me is like, I don't think that seems to be it. it they're acting like they were kidnapped and put on the show and then decided, I can't do this, as opposed to, you know what you signed up for, and you knew this was going to be tough, and the reasons that they gave didn't seem to be related to, it just seems like I'm, in, I'm uncomfortable. I'm in an uncomfortable position. Yeah, everyone out there was. All 14 people that went out there had no military training that I know of, so clearly you were going to be uncomfortable. And to only give yourself two days, that's what I'm surprised on. Especially someone like Robert Ory, who's an athlete. And he made a comment before he quit that his dad has dementia and he wanted to get home to him. It's like, great, then why did you do the show in the first place? It just, and maybe, look, maybe the casting for this show wants people that they know are not going to make it. I don't think this show would be all that successful if you cast 14 people and all 14 people make it to the end. I don't think they want that because then people are going to think, wow, special force training must be pretty easy because everybody they cast can get through it. So maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they are purposely going after knowing that half the cast isn't even going to last through, you know, two days of training, which is pretty much the case this time. They were two days into training and six people out of the 14 are already gone. So now we're down to eight. We got five men. Nick. Tyler, Bodie Miller, Jack Osborne, Tom Sandoval. Three women left. JoJo Siwa, Kelly Rizzo, and Ashley Jackson. Is that her name? That's it. Sorry, Erin Jackson. Uh, she's an Olympian. I can tell you right now, she is not getting to the end and winning. So we can eliminate her. Kelly Rizzo, I, I, I'm unsure of if she's going to make it to the end. I've said it since the first episode. I'm guaranteeing JoJo C was making it to the end, and she's going to end up winning. We're one of the winners, because there's probably going to be multiple winners. I'm not sure about Tyler and Nick. I have a feeling Nick does not make it to the end, and I know nothing. But Bodie Miller, I'm going to guess right now, even though we only have eight left, and I, you know, this is complete guess on my part, but I'll go with Bodie Miller and JoJo Siwa as the two winners. And maybe if there's a third, Tyler Cameron. But I think 
I don't think Kelly's going to win. Aaron Jackson's going to win. Nick's going to win. Sandoval's going to win. And Jack Osborne. I I think they will bow out at some point or leave because of an injury. It's just my guess. But, again, all the credit to them for even doing it in the first place. It's just – I'm just surprised by the quits two days in when it's not like they were in the middle of a task or – something traumatic happened to them while they were there. It's just like Brian Austin Green was saying before he quit, you know, you're an Olympic athlete. I'm a, I'm a man in a 50-year-old body. So basically it's like, yeah, but you knew that going in. So you, you tested yourself for two days and you're just like, I can't do this anymore. It just seems like that would kind of defeat the purpose. It would almost be like you gave every last ounce of yourself there and you just had nothing left. I don't think that was the case with Brian. I think he was like, I've been here two days, did okay. I don't like the conditions. I want to be back home. It's like, okay, but then why did you do it in the first place? Obviously, all these people got paid to do the show. I get it. But did he really need the money that bad? I know he just had a new kid and whatever, but I don't know. It's just disappointing. I know people are going to quit every season. I know multiple people are going to quit every season. I'm just surprised at what they're quitting over, which seems to be not a whole hell of a lot. Savannah Chrisley. I mean, I understand more of her quitting last night. She did well for her first four tasks in the first two episodes, but she made a little more sense because while, you know, her parents are in federal prison, she has now taken the parental role of her brother and sister who are now 10 or seven and 10 and 17. But there is a part of me that's like, but you knew that going in that you were the parents of a 10 and 17 year old now. And you left them to do this show. So I, so maybe for her, I'm a little questioning, like, then why did you do the show in the first place? If your reasoning for leaving was my mind isn't here, it's very tough, you know, knowing I have um, a 10 and 17 year old that I'm now in charge of back at home. It's like, okay, that wasn't sprung on you. I mean, it was sprung on you when your parents went to prison, but. You knew that and you knew that you were going to leave those children and you end up quitting after two days. I, uh, you know, I have no interest in ever doing this show, but if I did, my quit would come from I've got nothing left in me physically. Like I cannot hack it physically. I would do it for as long as I could physically and then I know my body would give out at some point. Because I'm just not trained for military training. I'm not trained to be a special force ops. It just It's not what my body is on this earth for. So it was just to be a question of, I mean, look, they're not going to ask me to be on the show. I'm just saying, if I were to do something like that, I would at least say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge myself. I'm going to see how far I can go. And maybe I would surprise myself. Maybe I would last longer than I thought. But I know I wouldn't quit until I had zero left in my body. And it just doesn't seem like Robert Ory, Brian Austin Green, and Savannah did that. And it's a little disappointing. And finally, with the uh, challenge, I forgot to talk about it uh, last uh, yesterday in the podcast. Watching last week's episode, we are down to... So who was it? It was... Um, Michelle against, I'm forgetting her name, the one from Survivor, 
who won again in the arena. I think that's three wins for her now in the arena. We knew Michelle wasn't going to win because Michelle's on the MTV show that's coming out in a couple weeks, which is crowning a new winner. But Michelle ends up losing. And I guess I'd have to go back and watch every episode or at least just the part that I'm going to talk about here. But how many times on the challenge this season has the hopper not picked the majority name? You know, because they all vote. And if you have four votes, you have four balls that go in the hopper. If you get three, you get three that go in the hopper. But we see who has the most votes going into every hopper choice. It seems like every time outside of maybe one or two, the hopper has ended up choosing the person who had the most votes. So it hasn't really turned out to be this twist, I guess, that they wanted or they expected. I'm not sure, but I I could be wrong. I just haven't remembered a time outside of one, and I don't even remember what the names were, where it was like, oh, shit, this person had four or five chances to get picked, and somebody with one or two ended up getting thrown in because their name happened to come out of the hopper. It just seems like it hasn't happened very often, and it's very obvious who's going into the arena, even though it's supposed to be a random draw with your ball in the hopper. So. I'd like to know the answer to that. I'm wondering if there is a website that keeps track of that stuff because I'd certainly be interested. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review when you can. Uh, Also, the Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. Check that out. Again, I appreciate you all listening and following. We're going to have more talk on um, the Clayton story this week. Dave Neal and I are going to have in the weekly podcast in a couple days. We are going to break this down and talk about it and just kind of explain everything that's kind of gone on over the last couple of weeks and uh, dealing uh, with this woman. And I just, I hope you, I hope you understand where we're coming from and there aren't been there, you know, Dave and I have championed for women in this franchise. We've championed uh, for women period. And this has nothing to do with, Oh, why are you hating on her? Why are you hating women? No, 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 no. I have, more leniency towards women when they come forward with stories. I just don't believe her. So every story you can't just automatically believe, but every story is a case-by-case basis. But from the beginning, this particular case, my opinion was from the get-go, there is something off here, and it's just not, the pieces aren't adding up. And come to find out, little to no fetal DNA was present in the sample that she gave to a lab and she's submitting another sample tomorrow, and it's going to produce the same exact result. I don't know what she's thinking or what she's doing, but she is running out of time, and her gig is up. So we'll see what happens next. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.